0: Welcome to episode 5, episode 5 already, nice, of uh, Man versus Reality. Uh, yeah, a little bit spoilt for choice at the moment, Um, I'll be honest, like at the start of the week or um after I did the last show I was a bit like worried, I've got a list of things that I actually want to do, and so far I haven't even started on that list, besides like the first show where it was all the introduction and stuff, because it's kind of what you've got to do if you're going to do a, any kind of podcast or anything. Um, Yeah I've got a list of topics that I actually wanted to do and wanted to cover but the world is so mental at the minute that everything else I've done is just like spur of the moment reaction of what is happening in the world. Um, Unfortunately I'm kind of spot for choice at the moment because everything's kind of crazy. Yeah Uh, like I say so like the next episode was the queen obviously the queen passed away so that was right in front of everybody's eyes and then obviously there's everything else that people's human rights are being infringed hence last week's show and then that disastrous mini budget that was set out for the UK which was basically a trickle down economic which again has influenced this show um because scary times economically for the UK at the minute i mean like things that i'm actually scared of in the moment is probably a little bit far down the list so like this god um this week for example um, one of Russia's nuclear submarines has basically gone missing. So, like, I've been saying since the start of this Russia uh, Ukraine stuff that the UK would be like the prime target for Russia to hit. Because if you look at the map, we seem quite far away. But if you look to the north, there's a nice bit of Russia where they can just sneak around all of Europe and just drop right down on us. Um, and obviously, we spent the past six years pissing off, alienating, and shouting at all of our closest allies so we've not really got that much backup when we're a reason, really nice easy target for him to come on down and then we're in a mess at the moment because of all the things that are going on governmentally i don't even know if that's a word of the crap that's going on with the government and then the last government boris johnson was like zelensky's best mate and he was trotted himself out around ukraine all the time just to piss Putin off even more can't really see any other reason for him doing that other than trying to get kudos he was there that much that to like to the point where he was more popular in ukraine than he was in britain just before he got kicked out of being prime minister which i find quite funny um so yeah and then about 6 months ago russia threatened to wipe the uk off the map using this Poseidon nuclear missile that they've got, which basically detonates. The idea of it is that it's fired from a submarine. It's a nuclear torpedo, which is just insane. It detonates in the sea and then causes a tsunami, which is full of nuclear contaminated water, which just washes all of the UK away. Um, there was a lot of claims on Russian TV that it would basically wipe out the entire country. Experts from around the world like don't think it could. But, I mean, there's still a bit of a chance, isn't there? And now that submarine that houses this supposed Poseidon nuclear torpedo has gone missing. No one knows where it is. It's like the biggest nuclear-powered submarine and um, nuclear warheads in the world. And so, yeah, that's scary. We could just die at any time. But, realistically, that probably won't happen because, obviously, well, I mean, I say that, I still, like, so he's getting to at the point where like vladimir putin's kind of at the end of his tether he thought like invading ukraine would be really really easy and he'd be done with it within about two or three months and he'd just uh, take over the whole thing no one would give a shit they'd just put up with it but completely the opposites happened and at the minute ukraine are kicking his ass again just blown up like a major bridge into crimea and all sorts of stuff and they, they ain't going quietly basically they're winning um so he's getting to the end of his tether, and if he's crazy enough and you push him hard enough, then there is a chance that he might do something absolutely insane. Like they've been saying since the start of it, like, what's the point in the world if there's no Russia in it? Which is a terrifying way of looking at things because Russia's just one country and the rest of the world exists. Um, I they had to bring in conscription didn't they because they were running out of army because they were getting their ass kicked so bad and that conscription led to over 200 and odd thousand russian men of fighting age fleeing the country and also mass riots breaking out right across the country because no one wanted to go to war for russia no russians wanted to go to war for russia Um, they've also been killing like army recruiters and stuff one of them set got set on fire with a petrol bomb. Others have been, like, run out of time and shit. It's just going crazy. So he's basically at the end of his rope. So if he's going to do anything insane, it's it's coming up soon. But, you know, fingers crossed that he doesn't. Like, Biden apparently got on a private phone call with him the other day and said if he use, even uses tiny nukes in Ukraine, and little tactical nukes, that it would have severe consequences. So, yeah, uh, World War Three is looking, like, inevitable. And then on top of that, like, OPEC, all of the oil conglomerates, especially all the Middle East ones... Um so that, like there's a thing I think it's called off-gem in the UK that monitors um the price of oil and gas and allows energy companies who use oil and gas to make electricity um it dictates how much they can charge like per a certain unit of electricity dependent on the differentiating prices of oil and gas that they need to buy in order to make that power um it's Yeah, so they put a cap on the price of uh, units of energy. It's not really a cap because it only used to last for six months and then they used to review it and change it accordingly. So it's like a changeable cap, which isn't a cap, is it? Now it's down to three months and it changes accordingly. And um, it's basically doubled the price of everyone's electricity, even though the price of gas and the price of oil have gone right down. It's still double the price of electricity. And then the government's response to this wasn't to reduce the cap to make these energy companies charge us less. It was to give us money to pay to the private energy companies to make sure they still got the money that they wanted to charge us, even though they were charging us way too much, Um, which is ridiculous. So they're basically just taking money out of our pockets. On top of that, the price of oil started to fall like at an alarming rate. I think it was last week or maybe the week before. So all the major oil producing companies in the world all got together in a room and decided that they were going to slow down production of oil from across the world in order to create more demand and a scarcity of demand. So it pumps the price right back up. What in the hell? Like Biden said, He's taking it as an actual direct attack on the United States because they buy more oil than anybody else. Um, but it's just it's just nuts. How can like a group of people do that? They've made us dependent on oil, and then they're holding us hostage so they get to demand how much money they make. They're already already making trillions. They own oil, the oil. They own oil, aye. And it's it, it it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So like Biden said, one of the biggest contributors of this, um, I think they're called OPEC, this conglomeration of countries that have got together and control oil, basically. Um, Saudi Arabia is one of the biggest contributors of it and um, America and Saudi Arabia have always basically had a really close relationship and been in bed together to the point where the US gives them arms to protect them against Iran, who would just storm in and kick their ass if it wasn't for the uh, USA. And Biden has said that if you do this, we will pull all our arms away and we'll just let Iran have you. And if you want to get in bed with Russia, which it looks like they're kind of trying to do, then you should rely on Russia to protect you from Iran, which they can't do, because as we were talking about a minute ago, Russia are getting their asses kicked by tiny little Ukraine at the minute, so they're in no position to do anything else for anybody. So it's just nuts. So the price of that is going to go through the roof. And like 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 that, I was saying before about the UK, how they've, instead of making them reduce their prices, they're making sure we have the money. They basically put the whole country on benefits, all right? So they, they're paying a portion of our electricity bills for the foreseeable future because no one can actually afford them. And instead of making the private companies charge us less by saying, well, if you don't charge us less, we're going to nationalise you, which is what other countries have done, they're making sure that we have enough money to pay private companies. It's really, really gross. And on top of that, as a reward for these private companies that keep ripping us off, they've just given them a load of new um, contracts to be able to drill for North Sea oil. So they're they're going to be making a hell of a lot more money. This is under the guise of them saying that it protects Britain's future future of power. Uh, It doesn't, because they can just drill it in the north sea in uk's waters and then they can sell it wherever they want so it doesn't even and even so we're in like an energy crisis now because of all this war that's going on in ukraine and it's going to take five years for that to make any difference to come into any kind of effect or anything so it's it's just crap it's just them helping the mates to make more money It it seems and on top of that, they're trying to bring fracking in, which is absolutely ridiculous. For anybody who doesn't know what fracking is, it's absolutely crazy. OK, so there's like the surface of the earth and then there's loads of rocks underneath it. Basically, what they do is they drill down into these rocks and then they pump in high pressure chemicals, which breaks these rocks apart. And then they suck that out as well as all the natural gas, which is which is trapped within these rocks. But the trouble is, if you're going to smash a load of stuff apart here and then take a load of stuff out, everything that's here is just going to drop down, isn't it? So it causes earthquakes and it causes all kinds of shit. Nobody in the UK wants it. Nobody wants them to be able to do it. But it looks like the government is trying to press ahead to let them do that, which is going to make them even more money. And it's not going to go into any UK coffers or anything like that because they let them get away with tax, and they're based in other countries, and they've got all of these disgusting ways to avoid giving us any money whatsoever. And it's just crap. I've gone quite a long way, which is seemingly off topic, but it's kind of not. So it's all like basically going around to the cost of living. Okay, so this mini budget that he brought out the other day, the um, basically what happened was worldwide markets panicked because of all the ridiculous, disgusting tax cuts and everything else he put into this mini-budget. And he didn't do... This is quasi-quartank, the current Chancellor of the Exchequer for the Conservative Party, who are in power in the UK now. and um, So he brought out a lot of measures in this emergency mini-budget that he called it, and he didn't do any costing for it. So he basically was saying, we're going to cut billions and billions and billions from the tax fund. We don't know where we're going to get the money to cover that from. I'm pretty sure the money that they're going to take to cover that they're going to take it out of our pockets so it's um, it's basically we're going to be losing a lot more public services. I saw an article today that said they're going to have to cut an extra 200,000 public jobs in order to not go into massive amounts of debt um, which is ridiculous so because it's not costed and because it's a big old gamble this budget the markets just went nuts and the pound completely collapsed to the lowest point it's been in, in like 30, 40 years. years, um, the Bank of England had to step in um, and say that they're going to buy a load of the UK's government loans to try and ease inflation from going nuts. Um, and basically, um, Kwatang said that it's your fault for the way you reacted to my budget. It's not not the budget that was wrong, your reaction to my budget was wrong, which is just... It's basically the go to line now for all right wing politicians, isn't it? The knock on effect of what this is kind of had for like regular people, like everybody in the UK, um, is that inflation has gone nuts. Inflation and interest rates have gone absolutely crazy. Um, So I wanted to have a look at that basically because I don't know how it is, I don't know how it works, I don't know where, what inflation is why it why it's there why it changes so much i don't know what interest rates are why why they're dictated whether um the banks have to act on that because basically like what has happened is if you're applying for a mortgage now um you're getting like a six percent interest rate and people that are remortgaging are getting charged about 500 pounds more on average per month on top of what they were already paying so the average mortgage now is like well over like one thousand pounds per month when it used to be about six seven hundred, so everything's just gone crazy, like in the past few weeks um everybody's like scrabbling to see what they're doing um luckily, I never wanted a mortgage mortgages to me have always seemed like a con charging you thousands of pounds for the cheek of admitting that you need to borrow money because you can't afford to buy a house outright like that's just that's just to apply. It costs you thousands just to apply for the loan, let alone like the loan itself. And then if you want to repay it early, because they'll miss out on a lot of interest payments, you've got to pay them extra thousands. It's something like, I got a mortgage and if we wanted to pay it before our five-year fixed term was up, then it had cost us at least another 12 grand or something ridiculous which is disgusting. Oh yeah, you're lucky enough to be able to pay off your mortgage and buy your house. Now, we're going to need an extra few thousand pounds off you because we're going to miss out in the long run. It's like, yeah, but that long run's not there anymore. So you wouldn't be missing out because it doesn't exist, you cheeky bastards. But yeah, that's how it is. And they say like there's admin costs going into setting in your mortgage. All of the forms that they fill out are already done. All they have to do is change the information, which is like, 30 lines of information. You could sit there and do it in like 20 minutes, but we'll charge your life five grand for it. It's vile. It's the vilest con that's ever happened in the world. And then you say, like, oh, yeah, but I own my house now. I don't own my house. If I miss mortgage payments for like three months, I don't have a house anymore. They kick my ass out on the street and just take it. I don't get the money back that I've already paid them. They just cancel everything and kick me the fuck out. That's not owning anything, (laughs) that's just renting it off a bank like I get the point like if you've got kids I get the point in having a mortgage um because you're laying up a nest egg for them aren't you you might be paying it off for like the next 25 years but if you do end up paying it off hopefully then that's there then that's secure unless you're mega rich and that's something then that's the biggest thing that you're going to be able to pass on to your kids like this is some security for your kids here you go I get that but everything else is just a gross disgusting con and just for them to make money so yeah like i can say i'm quite lucky because our term is um isn't over for the next three or four years so we've got some time and hopefully everything will have back down by then and um, just to give you like an idea our ter- our i think our mortgage is at like two percent whereas now mortgages are going for like six percent Uh, last week they were going for like 4%, so that's just an idea of how fast everything's changed and everything's gone up. It's just blown up all over the place. So, let's get started. Um, So we're doing inflation and interest rates this week, because I don't know anything about it or how it works. I have a sneaking suspicion that it's going to get very confusing very quick, because I think that's one of the things that they do on purpose, isn't it? So the reason why you train to be a lawyer mostly is just learning ridiculous lawyer jargon that normal people don't understand. Anybody can like put their point across in a courtroom very like eloquently and succinctly. But if you don't know all the bollocks lawyer terminology, then no one's going to take you very seriously. That's the reason why lawyers charge so much, because they make it as complicated as possible um, in order to keep other people out. Same with finance in it. so the reason why finances and stuff like that are all um, are all really hard to understand is so you normals know, like us need to pay people in order to to actually do stuff in actual, to actually exist. like it's really hard to exist without bank accounts and all that kind of crap now so you're kind of screwed right so let's kick off so first off let's do what is inflation? understanding inflation see that first one's an ad so we're going to stay away from there if you're not listening to the show anymore and you're just listening on a podcast then basically if it, there's a video version of the show podcast version of the show video version of the show is over on our youtube channel uh, man versus reality and it's basically me my lovely face down in a corner and my computer screen while i google stuff so you can follow along with everything that i've done you can go to the same websites that i've been on If you're just listening to the podcast, I'll read out what website I'm on so you can have a look and check for yourself. Basically just keeping me honest. So the whole idea of it is that it doesn't matter who I am behind the microphone, you can do your own research. It's not really research, it's just googling shit. I've not got a PhD in anything. Also kind of the point, you shouldn't need a masters in computer and information technology to be able to google stuff and find out what's real and what's not. Yeah okay so. Investopedia. That sounds terrifying, doesn't it? So just going down these Google results right now. Okay, bankofengland.co.uk. I'm thinking that these dudes have pretty much everything to do with inflation and what it is. Uh, accept all cookies. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Just do what you want. Track me if you want. I lead a very boring life. Okay, so this is the bankofengland.co.uk's website. It said this page was last updated on the 17th of August. How do we know what the inflation rate is? What does the percent sign mean? That's an interesting one. How does the rate of inflation change over the years? Is high inflation a problem? Right, so this seems like Right, so that's another thing I wanted to get into, this bottom one here. How does the Bank of England influence interest rates? So I think as far as England's concerned, which is like my main focus of what I'm bothered about, um, the Bank of England, surely, is going to be a big deal. Right, so let's have a read of this, shall we? Um, How do we know what the rate of inflation is? We know the rate of inflation because every month the Office of National Statistics... That's what we're going to have to look up soon see where that is, checks the price of a whole range of items in a basket of goods and services. They record the cost of over 700 things that people regularly buy. The basket includes everyday things like a loaf of bread and a bus ticket. It also includes much larger ones like a car and a holiday. The price of the basket tells us the overall price level this is known as the Consumer Price Index, or the CPI. To calculate the rate of inflation, then compare the cost of the basket, the level of the Consumer Price Index, with what it was a year ago. The change in the price level over the year is the rate of inflation. Ok, right. I get you. Oh, Jesus Christ. Current rate of inflation is 9.9%, it's saying, which is massive, especially when it says underneath there that their target is 2%. Right, so back to what we just read. Basically, the Office of National Statistics looks at an imaginary bag of groceries. I'm assuming it's going to be the same thing every year, like the price of an average car, the price of an average loaf of bread, price of an average bus ticket. It adds all that up to get a total price of this imaginary basket, and then it compares it to the price of the imaginary basket from last year, and whatever percentage the price difference is, that's the rate of inflation. That seems quite simple then. So it's basically how much prices have gone up or gone down in the space of a year. So the current inflation rate, as it says here at the side, is 9.9%. So right now, as I sit here on what date are we on? the 9th of the 10th the 10th month last year which is what it's october in it yeah yeah so uh, 9th of october last year things were 9.9 percent cheaper than they are this year that's bonkers right so what does this percentage mean percent is a sign of percent means out of 100 for example we all know what percentage means right Yeah, I'm just going to assume that. You can Google that yourself. That's quite simple. So how has the rate of inflation changed over the years? The rate of inflation has gone up and down over the years. For most of the last 20 years, it's been about 2%. But it has been higher than that at times, and sometimes it has been lower. Right, so basically what that's saying is, over the past 20 years, every single year, the cost of living has got 2% more expensive. So prices have gone up by an average of 2% every single year. How is that good for anyone? And how is that sustainable in the long term? Like, that's crazy. So in 50 years, things will be 100% more expensive than they are now. And things are now 100% more expensive. Is that right? Right, let's do a little calculator just to check my stupid maths. Yeah, it's 100 divided by 2, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. Right? It's 2 times 50 is 100. Yeah, so that's right. So yeah, in 50 years, things are going to be 100% more expensive than they are now. So say you're paying £1 for a loaf of bread. I know you're not. But anyway, then in 50 years, it's going to be £2 for a loaf of bread. How is that sustainable in life, the long run? because everything will be double the price. That's what what that means, right? Load chart. So this looks like it's a chart of... The rate of inflation has gone up and down over the years. Okay, so this is like since the 1990s. So there's a chart here of 1991. And it's saying that in April 91, inflation was at 8.4%. And then it's dropped all the way down lowest that it goes down to is right cool 2016 april 2015 yeah so in 2015 it was minus 0.1 so it was cheaper in 2015 than it was in 2014 which is quite nice a global financial crisis so it dropped down very, very slightly, and that's 2008, wasn't it? 2009, the effects. So, the yeah, Jesus Christ. So September 2008, when the global financial crisis hits and all the banks collapsed, the inflation dropped from 5.2% down to 1.1%, and apparently that's a bad thing. It's a bad thing that things are getting mm-hmm. cheaper. I don't get it. Hopefully we will read some more of this article in a minute. Yeah, so in 2016 it was in the minus. In 2015, sorry, it was in the minus. So it means it was cheaper to live in 2015 than it was in 2014. By a long frigging way, by the looks of it. Uh, and then it dropped again during uh, the COVID lockdowns and now it's just shot through the roof. It's saying in July 2022 it was at 10.1%. But that is compared with how it was during lockdowns in 2001. So it's not a very fair comparison. I mean you suppose it is because everybody wishes stuff was cheap online, but it doesn't it uh, doesn't make sense. All right, so what I was just asking there um is high inflation a problem? A low and sustainable rate of inflation helps to create a healthy economy. The government set a target for how much prices overall should go up each year in the UK. Now this is because of capitalism. And in order to show success in capitalism, it requires constant growth. So if your business makes the same profit this year as it did last year, your business under capitalism is seen as a failure. Even though you're making profit year on year, if you're not making more profit this year than you did last year, under the rules of capitalism, your business is a failure, which is a fucking joke. Um, Yeah, so... Right, that target is 2%, so the target for the government of price rises year on year is 2%. It's the Bank of England's job to keep inflation at that target. Right, so they basically have control of inflation, okay? So they do things to control it. Surely. Okay, a little bit of inflation is helpful, but high and unsustainable rates of inflation can be harmful. If prices are unpredictable, it's difficult for people to plan how they can spend, save, or invest. In extreme cases, high and volatile inflation can cause an economy to collapse, which is kind of where the UK is now. Zimbabwe is a good example. It experienced this in 2007-2009 to when the price level increased by around 80 billion percent in a single month. Holy shit. As a result, people refuse to use in Z- Zimbabwean banknotes and the economy ground to a halt. Well, I mean, you couldn't, could you? Because it's not worth now. I wonder what happened in Zimbabwe. We're definitely going to have to have a look at that. Open this very. Right. So, when did that say? Two thousand and seven? No, that's a two thousand and nine one. Wow. So they've had two to two thousand nine. Right. So we'll Google that. We'll keep that there for in a little minute because I really want to see what Zimbabwe did to really fuck shit up that much I imagine it wasn't really Zimbabwe's fault again it's just going to be free market capitalism which is always a beautiful irony because every few years it needs bailing out by socialism doesn't it but still apparently free market capitalism is the way to go it isn't it's crap it's a lie but still okay so uh, what does the Bank of England do to keep inflation stable the Bank of England has the job of setting monetary policy, the set of tools used to keep inflation low and stable. The main way we do that is through interest rates. Right, so they are exactly, um, they are completely like tied to one another interest rates and inflation because obviously one will affect the other and seemingly vice versa. An interest rate is the amount of money people get on any savings they have it is also the charge they need to pay on their loans and their mortgage right so if you've got high interest rates on your savings it means you are making more money on your savings per year but also that's the same interest rate that you'll be paying on your loan so they kind of cancel each other out unless you have no loans and a bunch of savings and you're really lucky then you're really good but if you have all loans and no savings you're completely screwed Uh uh-huh So, what is the link between interest rates and inflation? Higher interest rates make it more expensive for people to borrow money, but encourages them to save more. That means that overall they tend to spend less. Make sense? If people on the whole spend less on goods and services, prices will tend to raise more slowly. That lowers the rate of inflation. Okay, so if you slow down the economy, people buying less, people put up the prices less and then inflation goes low. The opposite is also true. Lower interest rates mean it's cheaper to borrow money and there is less of an incentive to save it. This encourages people to spend and increases the rate of inflation. Right. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. So what we need to do is basically stop people from putting the prices up. Change the way that we look at stuff and just say, just make the same amount of profit every single year. You don't need more and more and more money. You just need the same amount of money. That just work for everyone. How does the Bank of England influence interest rates? Interest rates work by making it cheaper or more expensive to borrow money and by making it more or less attractive to save. We can influence interest rates in two main ways. One, we set bank rate, often referred to as the base rate. This is the single most important interest rate in the UK because it influences all other interest rates. Two, we can buy and sell bonds from financial markets. We mainly buy government bonds or gilts. Buying assets in this way is called quantitative easing, or QE. QE enables us to influence the interest rates on loans and savings. Right, so the bank rate. We've got to make, bear in mind, I don't know how biased it would be. That doesn't read as very biased, does it? Because I'm not saying... Look at what a good job that we did because it is the Bank of England and this is talking about what the Bank of England does. So whereas this is going to be the best place to find out what the Bank of England does because it's the Bank of England's official website, it is also going to be biased towards the Bank of England. Look how awesome we are. So this is more about interest rates. This looks like it's going to be pretty heavy. Right, so this is about the bank rate, the bank interest rate. Bank rate is the single most important interest rate in the UK. In the news, it's sometimes called the Bank of England's base rate, or even just the interest rate. Our monetary policy committee, MPC, sets bank rate. It's part of monetary policy action we take to meet the target the government sets up sets us to keep inflation low and stable so the target there is 2% and that's the monetary policy committee is what tries to keep it at that target bank rate determines the interest rates we pay on commercial to commercial banks that hold money with us it influences the rates those banks charge people to borrow money or that they pay out to them in their savings Right. So the official bank rate at the minute is 2.25. Okay, if you say so. How changes in a bank rate affect the economy? A change in a bank rate affects how much people spend, and how much people spend overall influences how much things cost. So, if we change bank rates, we can influence price and inflation. We aim to keep inflation at 2%. This is the target set by the government. Yeah, we already know that. Right, I don't really give a shit about anything of like that. It says there, current bank rate is 2.25%. So let's see what Zimbabwe did to really screw everything up first off. Hopefully this Wikipedia page now on um, hyperinflation on Zimbabwe. Normally in the first couple of paragraphs you get like a rundown from uh, Wikipedia and although people can change it, there's plenty of hyperlinks in here and we could go down to the bottom and I imagine they have references Jesus Christ like pages and pages of references that have been used so if you want to check it out you can go to this article and you can check all the work at the end of this so while it's pretty bad that everybody can change it because they might change it to just nonsense most of the time they don't and obviously this thing's at the bottom that you can go to uh, check it so hyperinflation in Zimbabwe is an ongoing period of currency instability in Zimbabwe that. Using Kagan's definition of hyperinflation, began in February 2007, during the height of inflation in 2008-2009, it was difficult to measure Zimbabwe's hyperinflation because the government of because the government of Zimbabwe stopped filing official inflation statistics. However, Zimbabwe's peak month of inflation was estimated at 79.6 billion percent month on month. sextillion percent year-on-year in mid-November 2008. Holy shit. So, the cost of buying stuff in Zimbabwe went up by 89.7 sextillion percent within a year. That's amazing. April 2009, Zimbabwe stopped printing its currency and currencies from other countries were used. In 2015, Zimbabwe announced plans to have completely switched to the US dollar by the end of the year. So what did they do? I don't know. I don't understand what they did. Diffusing... Self perpetuation. I'm not like I really don't know why it just all went nuts. That's gonna be like a whole lot of reading if we want to get to the bottom of this. I just wanted them to say this was because da 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 da, but it doesn't say that, which is really annoying. Uh, all that foreign currency was no longer legal tender by mid 2019. Inflation had increased to 175% sparking concerns that the country was entering another period of hyperinflation, March 2020. Inflation was above 500% annually a new task force was created to assess the currency problem. Yeah, I mean that's quite interesting but it will be a lot of reading. I'll leave you guys to have a look into that. As you will. Right, so, we've had a look at what inflation is. And, yeah, it's it's a bad thing, isn't it? Because they want people to spend less in order to do that. And that means that the com- the economy's not moving. But then if the economy's moving, then inflation goes up. Because people rise, raise their prices. Because, like I said, under free market capitalism, if you're not showing growth then you're considered to be making a loss, even if you make the same amount as you did last year. The only way to make permanent growth is to just raise prices again and again and again. Hmm. Okay, so this is a BBC article. Let's have a look at this. What is the UK inflation rate and why is the cost of living rising? cost of living is increasing at nearly the fastest rate in 40 years, driven largely by the rising cost of food and fossil fuels. This was from 14th of September. So what date are we on now? 9th of October, so this is uh, just under a month ago that this article was written. Uh, prices in August were 9.9% higher than they were 12 months ago. However, following the government's announcement on energy bills, inflation is unlikely to peak as high as previously forecast. So them giving us money in order to pay, it's very clever that, isn't it? Because the cost of the energy bills hasn't gone down any. It's still more than double it was at the start of the year for for like most people. So... The cost of inflation is still a hell of a lot more than the 9.9% of their claim in there but because the government is paying some of it off and it's not hitting our pockets directly even though it is because it's our taxes they're using to give back to us to give to the energy companies then apparently inflation isn't as bad as it seems but it is it doesn't make any sense inflation that what is inflation right um consumer price index here we go so yeah august 2022 9.9 percent why are prices rising so fast here we go the bank of england the bank of england's governor andrew bailey has said the russia shock so obviously the confrontation in russia it's all connected you see um is now the largest contributor to uk inflation so we buy most of our gas and as it does most of europe to make energy from Russia so if they're not selling as gas anymore because we're putting restrictions on them and stuff then the prices are going to go up. Uh, but economists agree that there are many factors including energy bills which have risen rapidly due to the high price of oil and gas. Bills rise further in October but not by as much as previously. Petrol and diesel prices same again uh, food prices as a war in ukraine crane squeezes grain production and costs ah, so the uk the ukraine obviously do a lot of uh grain that they sell all over the world so demand for grain has gone up so because everybody who produces grain is greedy they've raised their prices to make as much money as possible while they can which is exactly what we were talking about at the start of this podcast with oil and the way that they're doing that at the moment um In order to drive up the cost again, which is disgusting. The cost of used cars has also gone up sharply. That's quite an interesting one. I imagine that's because no one can afford to buy a new car at the minute and it's just ridiculous. Some people are keeping their cars um, longer. Significant increases in the cost of raw materials, household goods and furniture and in the hospitality sector including restaurants and hotels. So yeah, they've all pulled their prices up. I've noticed that. I work quite a, away quite a lot, and the price of the average hotel is like doubled. Sad since last year, it's uh, it's absolutely crazy. Higher interest rates, which are making mortgage payments more expensive for some homeowners. Yeah. Two. Not all prices have behaved the same way. The cost of some goods and services have increased only slightly or stayed the same. Right, here we go. Rising cost of groceries. Right, So there's like six pages of this shit that we could go through. Fucking hell, look how much that's gone up. So it's saying like, let's just whiz through some of these that we'll probably all use. Low-fat milk has gone up by 40%. Jesus. Whole milk has gone up by 30%. Cheese and curd. Yes. What else? Pizza and quiche. How do posh people think that those are the same thing? Weirdos. But they've gone up by 18.6% on average. Eggs have gone up by 18.5%. Lamb and goat? What the hell? Uh, poultry, so chicken and chisel, is gone up by about 17%. Potatoes, 16%. Pork, 15.5%. Beef or veal, 13%. Crisps, 13.1%. Bread, 129 So it's obviously like things, yeah, and um, ingredients have gone up, which is, like the, which has put the price up of things that need ingredients. So if you're going to make like bread and stuff, then you need ingredients from all over the place. You, so you think that that would have gone up more, but it hasn't. Simple things like milk that you just get from a cow um, has gone up by pretty much the most, it looks like, in an average shopping Fruit has gone up by uh, 9.5%, it looks like that. Oh. Edible ices. Mm. Uh, Coffee has gone up by 8.6%. Those bastards. Sugar, 5.8%. Beer. Oh, wait, go back, go back. Beer, except lager. So, where's lager? Hopefully, it'll be on the next page. Has gone up by 5.3%. Lager has gone up by 3.7%. There we go. Chocolate, 38 So, a lot of stuff hasn't gone up by too much, but it's still going up in it. How is it sustainable? Uh, what's happening to wages? Pay increases for many haven't been keeping up with the rises. Average wages, not including bonuses, rose by 5.2% in the three months to July 2022. But when taking inflation into account... The real value of pay actually fell by 2.8%. Jesus Christ. So um, Inflation is going up so quick that even if you are getting a pay rise, which most of us freaking aren't, it's not keeping up with the rate of inflation. So you're actually worse. You're actually getting paid less this year due to how much everything costs and how far your money goes than you were last year, even if your wages have gone up. Nice. Who measures the UK inflation rates? We've just found out about that. Uh, Consumer price index, it mentions there what's happening in other countries. Many other countries are also facing a cost of living squeeze. Uh, the ONS, Office of National Statistics, that is, isn't it? We've just seen that on the other page, says UK inflation is similar to other European Union countries on average. Meanwhile, the US price rose by 8.3%. In their inflation is at 8.3% in the 12 months through august faster than 8.1 that the uh, economists expected when will inflation come down inflation was forecast to peak at 14% in autumn and to go as high as 18% next year so we've at least got another year of this doing us but there are encouraging signs that that may not happen oil and food prices have already fallen from the peak but like i've just said Oil prices have gone right down, which is a major thing. Everything runs on gasoline, doesn't it? Everything runs on petrol or diesel, right? So even you get into the shops, you might go in your car, that runs on petrol or diesel. The electricity in your house is run by burning um, oil or gas. And everything that gets delivered to the supermarket is delivered in a truck or a plane or a boat that runs on oil, petrol, diesel. So everything is dictated by the price of oil because that's the way the entire world runs. Even if you don't own a car, everything you buy has been delivered by one, no matter where it is. So the price of oil affects the price of everything. If it costs more to get your stuff delivered, the only way that you're going to make either the same amount of money or more money is to put your prices up to cover that cost. So what this OPEC are doing is just vile. And Biden's right, they need to be stopped Um, probably going to start World War 3 but they do need to be stopped Uh, Okay, so uh, the UK's government plan to limit rises in energy bills also means prices will go up more slowly than expected again it's going to screw us in the long run that's what people don't like keep getting if you're spending tax money on giving it to uh, most of the European countries who have Have nationalised big energy companies to to save money. So basically, they're run by the government now. So it's paid for by our taxes directly, rather than taking taxes off us and then giving taxes back to us to give to the energy company and saying, oh, we're keeping your bills down, which is just bullshit because they're taking money out of the tax fund, which goes to fund public services. So if they're giving us money from the tax fund in order to pay private companies for our electricity, it means there's less money going to schools, less money to go into the National Health Service, to police, to fire, to ambulance, to all the roads, to, like, everything is going to suffer because... They're not putting sanctions on private energy companies. In fact, they're rewarding them. They're rewarding them about three or four different times, aren't they? Piece of shit. Pieces of shit. There's just no way around it. Anyway, uh, investment bank Goldman Sachs now says inflation could peak at 10.8% in October and slow down to 2.4% by December. Lower inflation doesn't mean prices will go down. It just means they will stop rising at a faster rate. What can be done to tackle inflation? Bank of England's traditional response to rising inflation is to rise interest rates. This can encourage people to save, but it means people with mortgages see their monthly payments go up. So, robbing Peter to pay Paul, isn't it? Oh yeah, my... uh, (laughs) My monthly payment on my mortgage has gone up but I'm making more on my savings but that money is going to have to go to paying the rise in my mortgage so it doesn't It doesn't really make any sense. Uh, but when inflation is caused by things like rising energy prices worldwide there is a limit on how effective UK interest rate rises can be at slowing down inflation. So basically what it looks like is happening is the cost of everything has gone up due to mainly oil and gas prices, right? Like you say, because oil and gas prices affects everything. Um that cost has come to us a consumer and in order to do that they're putting up interest rates in order to slow down people's spending to try and stop prices rising even further. Which is just nuts. How can you, how can you run an economy like that? Because what we're going to see now is over the next two years, if you have to renew your mortgage, your mortgage payments is probably so. What happens when you get a mortgage if you don't have one? Is you get a, you take out a loan that lasts about twenty five years for a massive amount of money for however much your house is worth, but that loan is broke broken down into Portions. If you get a fixed rate mortgage, if you get a variable rate mortgage, I think it just stays the same, but it just fluctuates up and down with whatever the interest rates are at the time. Um, If you get a fixed rate mortgage, because you've got a good rate at the time, you only get that for a certain amount of time of your mortgage. So you can't take out a fixed rate for the entirety of the 25 years. The reason you can't do that is because the banks want to make as much money off you as possible so they basically want to charge you more money you, you get charged money for redoing your mortgage you get uh, it's just disgusting the amount that they're trying to do off you so basically what happens is you have the same mortgage but your rate term comes up say every five years something along those lines so you've got to renew it for the best interest rate that you can get at the time or you go on to a variable rate which I say as I said goes up and down so your mortgages rate period comes up in the next two years the price of your mortgage is probably going to go up by about four or five hundred pounds per month on top of what you're already paying this means that we're going to see millions and millions of people become homeless because they can't afford their house anymore you might think you're all right with renting but obviously if the person who is renting you that property still has a mortgage on that property and they need to renew that mortgage then that mortgage is also going to go up by about £500, giving them the choice of either charging you an extra £500 a month rent or selling the house because it's not worth it anymore. And um, So the bank is going to foreclose on millions and millions of houses and it's going to destroy millions of lives. That's what we're looking at right now because of, th- of this mess that we're in. Because the cost of living is going up so much, they're trying to take the cost of living down by destroying us with inflation with uh interest rates Um so yeah they're basically trying to make it more expensive for us to live so we spend less money so it brings inflation down which just doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense surely what's better for the economy is for more people to have more money to spend more freely so everybody can do it, but they're saying that that's bad because if people do that, it'll rise inflation because people agreed it because people want to make more and more money year on year so they keep putting the prices up every single year just stop them doing that that'd solve everything we'd have none of this interest rates fucking inflation bullshit if it was like, right, we'll just keep the prices exactly the same every single year you don't need to grow to be successful You can just be the same every single year and be successful. Like, why do you need a hundred grand this year if you only made eighty grand last year? Did did you starve to death last year? No, you didn't. You could still afford everything that you needed to do. So, let's have a look at um, see if anybody's had a look at how how is inflation sustainable in the long term. What's driving inflation and is it sustainable? See now this, I don't think Don't think I think the most we're probably gonna get out of this search is like a hippie website that wants to get rid of money and all this kind of thing. Which I mean, I can see where they're coming from, but I don't think we're really gonna get an answer to this one. So like it's it's a really simple question, isn't it? How is continuing continual price rises sustainable in the long term? It's just gonna leave more and more people behind and more and more people are gonna die. Is inflation good for the economy? Understanding inflation. Understanding inflation. Current inflation. See, now here's IMF, the future of inflation. Will inflation remain high? See, now this is all just taking for granted that inflation is going to be there all the time. I think, yeah. I don't think we are going to get an answer to this one. Who does inflation hurt the most? In eight out of seventeen countries, lower income groups were whose consumption basket is mainly comprised of essential goods are most affected by increased prices. Poorest households suffer from a rise of around two to five percent of around two to five percentage points higher than the wealthiest households. Yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? Because if things are essential, then they can make more money off them, so they're going to charge more for it. So the idea, I think, is that wages are supposed to go up in line with inflation, aren't they? So as prices get higher, you're supposed to get paid more, and it's supposed to go up at a concurrent rate. But again, it just doesn't make any sense. It just makes money more and more worthless, doesn't it? It's just pathetic. It's just a con, isn't it, to make people feel like they're making more money. Like when I was a kid, like billionaires. There was, an, I don't think there was like any such thing. I think like the first billionaire appeared in my lifetime. Let's have a quick look, quick Google of that. When was the first billionaire made? Oh, nineteen sixteen. 1916. No, so it wasn't. But still, that's, what, 100 years? American business magazine Forbes produced a global list known as US dollar billionaires every year. And um, the American oil magnate John D. Rockefeller became the world's first confirmed US dollar billionaire in 1916. Now it's on the race to this, isn't it? Which is, who is the world's first trillionaire? Of the 21 individuals who stand a chance at reaching this phenomenal milestone in their lifetime, Elon Musk is predicted to be the first. When the first billionaire was announced in 1916, a colossal figure, Like people don't really understand the difference between a million and a billion. Let's see if we can find a graphic that just illustrates how rich billionaires are. there we go first off there's a nice graphic there the difference between a million and a billion so on the right hand side here we're seeing one little unit which is a million which none of us could really hope to make something along those lines and then all the way up there is a billion (laughs) it's just a staggering difference people don't really understand how like crazy the differences between being a millionaire and being a billionaire. A billion dollars is a thousand times greater than a million dollars. There you go. That says it all, right? A billion has nine zeros behind the one, whereas a million only has six six zeros behind the one. And people say them in a sentence like it's nothing, like mad. Right, so. Back to what we were talking about before. So what I also wanted to know was, when it comes to interest rates, so we just found out the interest rates are set basically by the Bank of England who do the bank rate. So do individual banks Have to follow the bank rate of interest right so I was wondering this because, like I was saying before about the energy crisis and uh, and how that's done so um off gem um is the like energy overseer, and they get to they set um the highest possible rate that energy companies can charge for a specific unit of energy, right? These private companies don't have to go to the top of that rate. They could just keep their prices the same and say, yeah, thanks for allowing us to charge this much, but we're only going to charge this much. It's not what they do, is it? As soon as they allow them to charge more, they go, bang, right, we're going to charge more straight away. That's what they do. I was wondering if it's the same for banks when it comes to interest rates, right? So the Bank of England sets the bank rate of interest do other banks have to use that rate of interest to pass on to the customers or do they um, set their own rates? So let's say that, like, the bank rate is, whatever the bank rate is in the minute, let's say it was something like 5 or 6%, could they still give out loans and mortgages at 2% or are they not allowed to do that? So let's see if we can find an answer to that one. How banks set so this is Infestapedia. So this one's come up a hell of a lot and I don't really know what it is. Interest rates and how they work. European Central Bank, right? So this is interest rate review. So this is the government, the official government website for the UK. Damn, this looks like it's going to be an heavy one. Yeah. Let's have a look at the index at the side. Interesting Interesting. No, I have already fallen asleep, enjoying a lot more. Let's have a look at this Investopedia. Right, so this is Investopedia.com, and the article that we're on now says. How banks set interest rates on your loan. Um, Yeah. And it's got... I'm thinking we might have been on here before. I seem to remember the way that this article was set out. I think I've clicked on it with the trickle-down economics thing. I think that's where I found all that good stuff um, the other week because it's set out really, really well. So it's got a title of who actually wrote the article. The day the article that was written and they're all hover over links so it gives like all the credentials of whoever's written it but then it's got a reviewed by and then it's got a fact check by so we can be pretty sure that this is uh really good but there's also this here which is key takeaways so let's uh, have a look at the key takeaways from this article uh a bank earns a spread on the funds it lends out uh from those it takes right a bank earns a spread on the funds it lends out from those it takes in as a deposit. The net interest margin represents this spread, which is simply the difference between what is what it earns on loans versus what it pays out as interest on deposits. Banks are generally free to determine their own interest rates okay, that they pay for deposits and charge for loans but they must consider competitors' rates and the market level for numerous interest rates and federal policies. So I think this is mainly a US one. Yeah, sounds like it's going to be right, yeah. Uh, The US Fed sets the federal funds rate to influence monetary policy. So is the federal funds rate there? Bank of England base rate? It looks like it is. Right, let's have a look, see if that's the same because I mean, there's no, no real point, is there, actually thinking about it. Because if I'm looking at the UK, they might have different laws to the US. So, in the rest of this is just Trump. Put UK in the search there to try and reflect a little. Mm, excuse me. Interest rates explained. Charges, changes to your bank account. Interest rates review. Let's see if we can refine this search, um, are banks allowed to set their own interest rates? I can change that again because it's just come up with that one well, of the UK banks. Liz Trust Backs Bank of England authority to set UK interest rates. Just fuck off. Can banks decide their own interest rates? See you telling us about the UK again. Or interest rates, interest rates. Going on what happens when they do interest rates and marijuana key? Interest rates are determined in large part by central banks who actively commit to maintaining a target interest rate. We know all this, but can individual banks Hmm, that's quite interesting. It says here that there on a from the government website there are very few caps on the rates or amounts of interest that can be charged on debt or late payments related to commercial and consumer agreements. Yep, that sounds about right. But it still can't find. So are UK banks allowed to set their own interest rates? It says American ones are. But I can't find anything for UK bankage. Are interest rates going to go up and what happens if they do? Yeah, we know all this. Okay. How do banks determine the interest rates on savings accounts? At a basic economic level... The interest rate set on saving account deposits is determined by the relationship between how much the bank values receiving extra deposits and how much savers value the services of a savings account. I don't care about any of that. Bank of England interest rate history. Maximum legal interest rate. Bank of England. No, 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 no. It doesn't tell us. Right, so this is from bankrate.com and it is How do banks set interest rates UK? The government sets the Bank of England an inflation target to keep it in check. The Monetary Policy Committee, MPC, then decides on the interest rate. This is usually reflected in the mortgage base rate. When the base rates are higher, interest rates on fixed mortgage rates tend to be higher. Doesn't help us does it? look if there's anything else in here. What's the Bank of England base rate? Okay. What's the current base rate? UK interest rates. When does the base rate change? What's next for the Bank of England base rates? Will Brexit impact the UK interest rates? Mm. And it's just given us a table of history of base rates. The Bank of England base rate, often called the interest rate, sets a level on in interests. All other banks charge borrowers. Right. So there we go. So it looks like they have to use the Bank of England's base rate. Base rate is currently 0.5%. When was this written? Okay, so we've not got a date when this was written, but it must have been a fucking long time ago. I know, February 2022, before everything went completely nuts. The Bank of England explains the interest as uh, what you pay for borrowing money and what banks pay you for saving money with them. Its purpose is to regulate inflation. Yeah we know all this. The government sets the Bank of England inflation target to keep it in check usually reflected in the mortgage base rate. When the base rate is higher interest rates on fixed rate mortgages tend to be higher however in the current climate although the base rate is at 0.5% mortgage rates have remained relatively steady as banks are concerned about mortgage lending risks. Uh, As a result, (laughs) they've tightened the lending criteria, which has gone up even more. Higher interest rates on mortgages cost you more over the full term of the mortgage, you know, we know all that, variable mortgages. Current base rate is... Mortgage base rate, no. Right, so it does look like... So let's try this one more time and then we'll call it quits. Uh, do UK banks have to follow the base rate? i want to put BOE, Bank of England base rate. So this is trussell.com. So this was 5th of October 2022 by Catherine Mosquera, Mosquera. Key points. Current base rate is 2.25% as of 22nd of September 22. Base rate looks likely to reach 3 by the end of 2022. As the base rate goes up, so do mortgage rates. Base rate right now Bank of England base rate is an interest rate, so i still refer to it as a bank rate. No, no, no. The base rate is the interest rate that banks and lenders pay. So it looks like they're all connected, so it looks like they do have to stick to it. Yeah, so it looks like all banks are tied to the base rate as the Bank of England. Yeah, okay, so like I said, I think it's about time to call it a day on this for today. Yeah, so basically what we've learned today, um, so conclusions, because we're trying to stick to a bit of a scientific method here. Um, The interest rate is the amount that the cost of living has gone up year on year. So if it, if the interest rate is, um, sorry, so inflation is the cost of living that rises year upon year. So if the rate of inflation is 2% it means that the cost of items today are 2% higher than they were this time last year. Bonkers, isn't it? Um, it, It's controlled by the, the Bank of England. The Bank of England set the base interest rate which controls inflation, they can use it to either push it up or down by increasing or decreasing public spending. So if the uh, interest rates are higher then it encourages people to save more and to spend less which will bring down the rate of inflation because people won't be raising their prices as often. Um, Or they can do it the opposite way, if they lower interest rates they can encourage more spending and that's going to rise the rate of inflation. yeah it doesn't really seem to benefit anybody especially not at the minute when wages aren't going up for me it just all seems um a little bit nuts <clears throat> so it's yeah all controlled by the bank of england which is set a target by the government they might not hit it it's it's all over the place yeah so that was fun uh yeah like i said i imagine it's a hell of a lot more complicated than i could even try to understand uh we've been on it for an hour and it just seems like more of a con to me i don't know what everybody else is thinking but yeah it's don't see how it's sustainable prices continually going up but there you go that's the world we're stuck with and there's literally nothing we can do about it um again it's going to be Dictated more and more by who you vote for because this current crisis is 100% caused by Kwati Kwatang and his insane little budget that he just did even though he's blamed everybody else for it but we'll see how everything pans out hopefully uh it gets a bit better uh thanks for watching yeah uh give us a like give us a subscribe come say hello thanks again uh hopefully i'll see you soon